Hi friends, this is Compassion Podcast. On the 21st of May, we will have a short online program called Night of Compassion. And we want to invite you to that program. The program will begin at 8 p.m. Beijing time. You can keep the date and you can invite your friends. Remember that God is your father. See you at the Night of Compassion. Welcome to Compassion's Audio Podcast. This podcast shows the compassionate and the loving heart of God through Jesus Christ. You don't have to run away from God, but you can come close to Him. Jesus tasted death for everyone in all the world. And He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Enjoy the message. Coming up on Compassion Podcast. Remember that God knows exactly how much you can take and that he will not permit you to reach a breaking point. God said, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But he is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But then he says, With the temptation, will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God had already said he was going to bring them out of Egypt and take them in. That was God's plan. God's plan was not to harm his people. God's plan was not to break his people. It's a type of the life of the believer. God saved you and he has delivered you from the authority of darkness. It's not part of his plan to break you, to destroy you or to leave you. He brought you out to bring you in. He brought you out of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of his dear son. The enemy wants us to think that God is behind all our hurts. The challenges of life comes to all. We all face challenges in this life. The Lord puts it this way. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and perfect confidence. In the world, you have tribulation, you have trials, you have distress, you have frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Why? Why is the Lord telling us to be of good cheer? Why is the Lord telling us to take courage? He says, for I have overcome the world. And then he says, I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. I have conquered the world for you. And that is why he tells us to be of good cheer. I have overcome the world for you. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. It's the best place to say amen. Is the best place to always rejoice. Why? Because Jesus has deprived the world of its power to harm you, to harm me, to harm us. And he has conquered the world for you and for me. That was it. He did it for us, not for himself, for us. Adversity is a proof that there is an enemy who is called the adversary. 
struggle is proof that there is an enemy. It is proof that something or somebody does not want you to go where you're going, doesn't want you to enjoy your God-given life. The enemy fights you the hardest when he knows you are close to victory, when he knows you are close to something big. He fights you the hardest when you are near something big and real, something tangible. And that is where a lot of God's people give up and give in. The problem is fear. If God can keep us from fear, we won't know failure. If God can protect us from all kinds of fear, the fear of men, what they think of us, what they say of us, the fear of death, the fear of sickness, the fear of lack, the fear of new strain of viruses, fear of loss, fear of what the future holds, the fear of tomorrow, the fear of failure. These are all kinds of fears. But if God can keep us from these fears, we won't know failure. If a child of God can see how big God is, he will not live in fear. The kingdom belongs to God. The power, the glory, they all belong to God. His is the kingdom, the power and the glory. If I know my God is big and he loves me, I won't live in fear. C.H. Spurgeon said, The one who fears God knows no fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One more time. For God has not given us, he has not given you, he has not given me the spirit of fear. But what has he given us? He has given us the spirit of power. This is the Holy Spirit. The Lord said you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He has given us the spirit of power. Again, he says, the spirit of love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the apostle said, hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. See, the same Holy Spirit. And then the last one, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us sound mind. Jesus said, peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We don't have to allow fear of what's happening around us get inside us. We don't have fear. The reason is, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Please let us open our Bibles. Let us go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look at verse 13, 1, 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Uh, let's read it from NKJV, the New King James Version. Are you there? Let's read. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 
Let's take it again. He said, no temptation. Temptation can also mean no trial, no adversity, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. This is not new to man. There is no new thing under the sun. You are not the first to experience what you're experiencing. We are not the first to experience this. So, he says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But then he says, but God is faithful. Underline that. But God is faithful. You see, God being faithful is huge, is deep, is big. What does it mean? God is faithful. It means this. God is true. God is sure. God is worthy of trust. God can be relied on. God can be depended on. He is the father of lights. In him there is no shadow of turning or changing of his mind. God is faithful. If God is faithful, which he is, that means my faith in him is founded on something unshakable. That means my faith is founded on something solid. God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his nature. God is faithful to himself. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to himself. God is faithful. He can be trusted. But for my faith in God to be solid, I have to hear more about him, who he is, and what he can do. Is he loving? Is he good? Does he do the impossible? God is faithful. Uh-huh. And what does he say? He said, God is faithful. Who will not allow who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? Can you see that in the Bible? God will not tempt you, try you to the extent of breaking you. God will not tempt you to the point of destroying you. God said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Yes, that is his plan. His plan is to prosper you and not to harm you, not to harm you. I'm taking my time to say this over and over again, not to harm you. God's plan is not to harm you, but to prosper you. I'm sorry if a preacher is against prosperity, but that's him. But God says, I have plans to prosper you. I see this in the Bible. As long as God has said it, that is it. I take it. It's time to believe God rather than what man says. We respect doctors. We have to listen to the advice of doctors. But then, I'm not saying this to tarnish the image of any doctor, but I'm, I'm just saying this, that they don't have the final say. They have said what is needed to be said, based on what they know. We are grateful for them. In fact, I won't be alive today if not my wife who gave me medicine many years ago. So we are not belittling doctors and what they're doing right now. No, in fact, they are actually on the side of God helping man fighting against sickness. But having said that, I'm saying that they don't have the final say. God has. Isaiah said, who is going to believe our report? What is our report? God's word is our report. The doctor might have his report. That is his report. We are grateful for that. In fact, it has shown us what we are supposed to do. Thank God for that. But that is not the final report. God has the final report. 
But I, I just said this to say this, that we see here in the Bible, God is saying, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But then we also hear other men who are trying to preach against prosperity. Well, as long as we see it in the Bible, we will go for it because God himself said it. The Bible also say that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. So who are you going to believe? God. God says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. And this was fulfilled when Jesus came. When the Lord came, he said, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is life abundance. Let's take it again. He said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Uh -huh. And then he says, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. This is Compassion Podcast. On the 21st of May, we will have a short online program called Night of Compassion. We want to invite you to that program. The program will begin at 8 p.m. Beijing time. You can keep the date and you can invite your friends. Remember that God is your Father. See you at the Night of Compassion. That you may be able to bear it. The part we want to stress in all this is this. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? That is a focus in this short message. Remember that God knows exactly how much you can take. And that he will not permit you to reach a breaking point. God said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But he is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But then he says, with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The enemy wants us to think that God is behind all our hurts and pains. And sometimes he goes further to let us think that God is disciplining us or disciplining you. But we just want to say this. It is wrong to think that we need more heartbreaks before we are ready to receive God's best, God's blessings. It is true that the Lord chastens those he loves. But that chastening is only for a season and is not meant to destroy you. It is not meant to destroy us. God is not the author of destruction. God is not the author of confusion in our lives. Satan is the manufacturer of destruction. See, the enemy tries to hurt us through other humans, just as he tried to hurt Job through his unbelieving friends. The enemy is the one who has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, not God. Your heavenly father, he watches over you with his eye. Your every move is monitored. Every tear is bottled. 
He feels your every hurt and knows when you have been exposed to harassment from the enemy. At some point, he steps in and says enough. When your pain no longer draws you close to the Lord and instead begins to downgrade your spiritual life, God moves in. He will not permit one of his children to go under because of too much pain and because of agony of soul. God will lift you out of the challenges and he will do it right on time. He will never allow your hurt to destroy you. He comes in and wipes away your tears and gives you joy for mourning. He said weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God the Father will not let you break. You know why? Because it is not his plan to break you. God sent Moses to go to Egypt to deliver his people from bondage and slavery. His people were in deep suffering in the hands of the Egyptians and sent a deliverer, Moses. It's a picture of God sending his son, Jesus Christ, to deliver mankind from slavery and bondage of Satan. Man is suffering in the hands of Satan because of our first parents' sin, Adam and Eve. God told them not to eat from the tree of good and evil. But they were deceived by this same Satan, and they disobeyed God and ate from that tree. Since then, man has been in the grip and bondage of Satan. But the Bible says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't God wonderful? He loved us so much that he gave us his only begotten son that anyone who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God sent the deliverer Jesus Christ to deliver man from the hands of the enemy. So God sending Moses to go to Egypt to deliver his people is a picture of God sending his son, Jesus Christ, to deliver mankind from the hands of Satan. God sent Moses to go to Egypt to deliver his people. I want us to look at what happened. The Bible says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's look at verse 10. Okay, let's look at what God said. So, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Let's see what happened when God sent Moses to go and deliver his people. Let's go to chapter 7. Let's read from verse 8 to verse 9. Deuteronomy. Verse 8. But because the Lord loves you, and because you would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out. This is what I want us to see. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. <laughs> One more time. 
Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God. The faithful God. Can you see this in the Bible? Yeah, see this in the Bible. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandment. It's like this. God has brought us out with a mighty hand. He has redeemed us from the house of bondage. And I want us to see house of bondage from the hand of Satan, the God of this world. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. Over here, Moses was explaining what the Lord did, but something happened. It wasn't an easy ride for the Israelites. You are born again. You are a child of God. But there is a trouble. There is a challenge on the way. Finally, they came out of Egypt. But all of a sudden, Pharaoh changed his mind. He chased them with his army. Then God's people, don't forget this, these are God's people. God's people were caught in trouble. The Egyptian army were coming. Let's look at what actually happened when they were coming out of Egypt and they go to the Red Sea. Let's see what happened. Let us open to Exodus chapter 14, verse 8. Exodus chapter 14, verse 8. Either verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Let me say this. Don't look at things from the natural standpoint. Don't look at things at the surface level. God works behind the scenes and we have no idea what he's doing. Let's read again. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Can you see this in the Bible? Okay, let's move on. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pihiroth, before Baal-Zephon, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, not just afraid, so they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. You know, initially in verse 8, you see that they went out with boldness. So I thought, yes, these people are people of faith, you know. They went out with boldness. But then trouble came. And so they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Just look at how these people think. The truth is, if God wanted you to die, he would leave you in Egypt, where you were already in bondage, pain and suffering. That alone could have killed you. But let's move on. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Verse 12. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better, just listen to them, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. 
Sometimes we face challenges and then we see those who are in the world. It looks like things are going on well for them. And then we wonder, so is this what we signed up for? We said we are giving our lives to Jesus Christ so that we're going to have good life. But then look at what we're going through. Oh, how we wish that we didn't even give our life to Jesus Christ in the first place. No, no, shouldn't be like that. But let's move on. They said for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. It is better. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, oh Lord, for the Egyptians you for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. <laughs> this is a man of God. He is the one to bring courage and faith to the people. He could have spoken like them. Moses didn't say, What are we going to do? We are doomed. He didn't say that. He said, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today, not tomorrow. Today. Uh, today. Problem is here and it is supposed to be solved now. Today. Today. Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Wherever you are, and you're listening to this short message, and you want to receive all that Jesus did for you on the cross, and you want to make him the Lord of your life, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to come die for me. I believe in my heart that you, God, you raised him from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from today. I receive your eternal life now and I ask for your Holy Spirit to come and dwell and live in me now. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations if you prayed that simple prayer. You are now a child of God, a son or daughter of God. You're welcome to this great family. God bless you. Thank you for downloading this podcast. If you were helped in any way by this episode, please give us your review and subscribe to receive latest messages like these. If you want to contact us on a personal level, please send us an email to the email address in the description below. We would love to hear from you. Keep on hearing and keep on growing. And remember that God is your Father. Stay tuned for the next episode.